So this is the last week of this series called The Rest of God, right? And I've been kind of playing this game with you. Of all of those little uh, stick figure things there, which one best represents you on your energy level, on your stress level? Like, are you depleted down to red or are you completely full? Are you like ready to go this morning, right? Why might you like to say, not in your head, well, that's me. I'm, I'm, that, I'm that kind of yellow one, right? Or I've got two red legs. That's me, man. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm there. We've been talking about this idea of Sabbath and how it is through Scripture and through God's ways that we uh, get filled up. Today we're going to talk not necessarily just about Sabbath, we're going to talk about work. How many of you guys go to work? Most of you have a job. Uh, I started, my first job was when I was 14. Anybody start work earlier than 14? Yeah, some of you guys did. My, it was big in my household for work. My dad, uh, his name is Jimmy Dual Miller, for my dad, work was worth Work was worth. And so my first job was on a farm. Anybody ever farmed at all? Isn't it miserable? Right? I hated it. I was so bad at it. I grew up in a town of maybe 50 people called Light, Arkansas. My whole family are farmers. And man, if you want something to die, give it to me. I'll kill it, right? Like plants. It doesn't matter. Like I'm just, I'm horrible at those things. I I just did not fit in into that farming culture. But um, from from the age of 14, to this year I'll be 40, I've never gone without a job since I was 14. I worked during college, I worked during high school, I, wait, I went out of order. I worked during high school, I worked during college, right? Probably your story might be uh, something similar. Uh, we've been uh, kind of uh, encouraging you guys to uh, buy this book and read it. It's called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. And I would, we have several, about 20 of those left. I would encourage you to get one of these today before you leave, specifically if you struggle with this idea of taking a break. If you have a hard time understanding what it looks like to take a day off and simply sit with God, if that sounds stressful, even me mentioning you taking a day off, you, that'll be the best 10 bucks you've ever spent in your life, all right? So just don't go to Taco Bell one day this week and instead uh, buy, buy that book. In that book, uh, Mr. Buchanan, he references this. He says, most people live somewhere between a grudging acceptance of their job and an active dislike of it. Yet most people, he found, are obsessed with their jobs, Work consumes them. The very thing that we complain about, the very thing that we grumble about is the one thing that we can't live without. And we just, we're, we bring it home with us. We, we just, we, we, it's what we do all the time, all the time. And even the best jobs, how many of you guys will say that you got a great job? All right. About half of you say I got a great job. Even the best jobs have bad days. And I was kind of thinking through this this week. And I want to kind of read you some of my thoughts and see if any of these connect, connect with you. Um, even the best jobs have the best days. And those times when you find yourself grumbling about something that you were once thankful for. Do you remember that job that you've had now for a while that you grumble about? Do you remember when you first got it and how you were so thankful to have it? Oh my goodness, Curtis, our worship guy, he came from the sign world, right? And he would, I, I couldn't ask him to do anything bad. He'd be like, man, it beats the heck out of uh, signing, right? Casey, our campus pastor at Edgerton, he ran a roofing crew. And he'd say, man, it beats the heck out of roofing. I couldn't give him a bad job. I'd try. Now, now I think they start to grumble a little bit, right? The, the honeymoons wore off. Like, come on, Matt, really? I got to do this? What happened? You want, you want to go back to Sign Pro? No, no, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great, right? I'm a pretty good boss, right? But even the best jobs have bad days. I grumble. Man, you people make me grumble sometimes. You know that? Yeah, point at yourself and go, it's my fault, Matt grumbles. It's actually not your fault. It's my fault, right? But we all deal this, with this reality in various ways. Do any of these connect with you? For some of us, uh, we, like, we kind of uh, connect with the band Loverboy, and we are working for the weekend, right? 
You're just trying to get through to, so you can blow off some steam, right? You're going to go and maybe play a little golf or you're going to have a few drinks or you're going to do something. Like you just can't wait to get through it. Uh, for some of you, you go home and you kick your cat. I'm not saying that's wrong. No, I'm kidding. No, you shouldn't kick your cat. Um, it's not in the Bible that you shouldn't, but I'm pretty sure you shouldn't kick your cat, right? Um, what about this one? Uh, for some, you hit the gym or the court or the field or the, uh, you know, and you just kind of, you know, you're, you got to pump some iron, right? Release that, whatever that stuff is that you guys release when you go to the gym. I don't know. I can't connect. I can't connect. Um, for some, when you get home, you just simply collapse. You like that face first on the couch, you know, and like you just don't move for an hour or so or, uh, you know, or back on the bed and you're just like, wake me when dinner's ready, right? Like, like he or she is not tired also. Um, uh, for some of you, you deal with your work by going home and working more, right? That's all you do. Right, well, I, if I can just get through it, if I can just get through this, and then you know, we never get done. Uh, for some of you, you fantasize about when, when you retire. Some heads are nodding now, right? Oh, when we go on vacation this July, right? Or, uh, um, or maybe you love that other famous Johnny Paycheck song. You fantasize about singing to your boss, hey, buddy, take this job and shove it, Right? I ain't working here no more, right? Now, are any of those things bad? Well, kicking a cat, maybe, right? But the rest of those, are they inherently evil, thinking about vacation, sometimes saying, I don't want to do this job no more, right? And so how in the world can Sabbath help you better understand your work? Right? That's all I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about work as we talk about Sabbath. But here's the thing that you got to know, right? And Jesus was very wise on this. You typically don't change until you begin to change the way you think about things. I want to give you new perspectives this morning. I want to share a scripture with you. This is Romans 12, 2. In your Bible, this should be one of those scriptures that you highlight. This should be one of those scriptures that, that, that you kind of know. 12, 2, Romans 12, 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. If God can get a hold of your mind like it's a big ball of Play-Doh and begin to shift your mind and mold your mind to be like His mind, to have the mind of Christ, your actions begin to change. Let God transform you into a new thing, to a new person, to a new attitude by first going on to work on how you think. Like some of you right now, it's going to be hard for you to accept this message because you've already shut me down because there's no way you're ever going to be able to do anything that I've already started talking about. And you've already told God, right now, you've already told God what God can't do. You've already told God, well, God can't do that in me. Well, that, that, Matt, that's easy for you. Your job's in ministry. Your job's in, it doesn't matter. How do you think about the very thing that you do? Now, we've been in Sabbath, in this conversation about Sabbath. And if you're new to the party, let me catch you up really quickly. Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3. I would encourage you to go and listen to these first three weeks for no other reason than to get mad at me, okay? Because several of you have come up to me and said, I'm ticked at you. You're messing with my life. You're messing with my life. I, this is hard for me. I don't, I, got, I don't have this figured out. And I've challenged your thinking. The scriptures have challenged your rhythm of life. And I love messing with people. I think it's a fantastic thing. Genesis chapter 2, this is what the Bible says. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. Days 1 through 6, you can read in Genesis chapter 1, God creates this beautiful thing, and, on, and it was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all the work of creation. 
Pop quiz, for those of you who have been here for the past three weeks, what day did God create Adam? Day, day six. Day six is the day that God created Adam. On day seven, God rested. This is a, something that we typically forget. We don't realize that God's day seven was Adam's day one. God's seven was an Adam's seven. On the seventh day when God rested, what we see is that's Adam's very first full day of being alive. And if there was ever someone who had a full energy tank, full capacity to go, it was Adam. He was ready. And what's the first thing God asked him to do on his first day? Hey, Adam, we're not going to work today. We're going to spend the day together. We're going to play. And we're going to build our relationship. This lets us know that God didn't set the Sabbath up because we needed to rest from our work. Adam didn't need a Sabbath because he was wore out. God gifted Adam the Sabbath so that it would be the springboard for something completely different. What if I could change the way you think this morning, if you want to kind of start with the first rewiring of your brain, is that Adam didn't rest from his work, but Adam worked from his rest. Adam didn't rest. God didn't say, here, Adam, you need this Sabbath because you're so give out. No, no, no. Adam, we're going to take a day together because the rest of the week, buddy, it's going to be busy and you're going to have a lot of work to do. My friend Derek over here, we had this conversation several weeks ago in Starbucks. But I want you to kind of play with me and maybe your nighttime prayer or your nighttime thinking. Some of you, you might pray this. It's on the bottom of your insert. You may fall into bed, get under your covers or collapse on your bed on top of your covers and say, God, please let me get some good sleep. I'm wiped. You ever prayed that? Ever thought that? Ever felt that? Yeah, we all have, right? Where you just collapse. And man, God, please let me, please don't let me wake up with a coughing fit. Please let the kids stay in bed. Please let them sleep through the night. I'm just exhausted. I'm wore out. I'm wiped. Please let me rest. What if I could change the way that you went to bed? And instead of collapsing onto the bed and needing rest because you're so wore out, what if your thought was this? God, please let me get some good sleep to prepare me for what you have for me tomorrow. See how it changes your mind? It's no longer I'm collapsing because I'm give out. Adam didn't need rest from his work. He worked from his rest. God, let me get a good night's sleep for the very thing that you have prepared for me tomorrow. I don't know if you know exactly what's going to happen for you tomorrow, but I don't always do. My business is people. And I might know who's on my calendar, and I might know meeting, what meeting it is, but I rarely know what we're going to talk about. I don't get to prep. I don't get to prepare. I got to walk in and sit down and all of a sudden listen to somebody share something for me that I am typically completely unprepared for. I am forced to think this every single night. Lord, please let me get a good night's rest because I don't know what tomorrow holds. Prepare me for it. Get me ready for what you're going to ask me to do tomorrow. It's a change in the way you think. Tonight, when you go to bed, how will you pray? Will Sunday be so exhausting that you collapse from it? Or you're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go to bed tonight preparing, asking the Lord to let me get rest, just as Adam got rest, for my tomorrow, that I'm ready to go. It's a changing the way you think about going to bed. Now, the problem is we have to get up, right? Have you ever heard of this prayer? Let's look at this one together. This prayer says this, Dear Lord, so far I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, haven't lost my temper, haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help. Does that connect? Right? 
We just have to get out of bed sometimes, right? We're going to have to get out of bed. So what do we do? Here's the thing what I want you to turn. Turn your insert over, all right? Let's do a little scripture study for just a moment. No matter what your talent level is, and there's a lot of talented people in this room. There's a lot of gifted mechanics. There's a lot of gifted uh, carpenters and like mechanically minded people. There's a lot of gifted counselors in this room right now. There's a lot of gifted administrative. I mean, there's some really smart people in this really young and just kind of awesome, simple church. There's a lot of sharp cookies right here in this room. Great musicians. Like there's a lot of talent. Great sign language people. Hey, Claire. Great job. That's you. All right. But no matter your talent level, your talent can't overcome the weight of work. Like, there's not a person in here so skilled and so talented that you don't need a break, that you don't need rest, that you don't need a pause in your life. I want to take you to Isaiah 30, Isaiah chapter 30, verses 15 and 16. This is an Old Testament scripture. And man, if you maybe take very few things today, one, I hope the prayer time was special for you this morning. We're going to end the service fantastic with some baptisms you're going to love today. But I want to share this scripture. Maybe it'll become a scripture that you study this week as your time with the Lord, right? Maybe this is one that you just about read over. So keep this, but it says this. God replies, in response, I'm sorry, in repentance and rest is your what? So what's our source of our salvation? In repentance. Repentance is simply this. Repentance is not I'm sorry. We've all said I'm sorry and tried to equate that to repentance because you feel guilty about something. That's not biblical repentance. Repentance is changing your direction by first changing the way you think. God, I agree in my head and in my heart that my actions are sinful in your eyes. Therefore, I'm choosing, although my flesh wants to do it, I will not do it anymore because you say this is not best for me. That's repentance, changing the direction of your life. And, and, and God tells through the prophet Isaiah, in repentance and rest is your salvation. Notice this next one. In quietness and trust is your strength. Repentance and rest is your salvation and quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of that. God says, hey, repentance and, 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 and uh, uh, rest, salvation, and quietness and trust is strength. But that, no, 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 that's too simple for us, right? You would have none of that, God says. What do we do? No, we flee on horses. God says, therefore, you will flee. And you're going to keep fleeing. And you're never going to stop because your plan doesn't work. Or we will ride off on swift horses. We'll just get faster ones. Therefore, your pursuers will also be swift. Here's the thing. I love this question. How's life working for you? How's your way working? How's your kingdom when you're on the throne? How you doing, right? Is your kingdom built around generosity? Do you feel like you're making a difference in the world? Is your kingdom built around justice? Do you feel like, man, that wherever you go, man, the place gets better because you're there? Or is your kingdom falling apart? And you look around at all these different areas of your life, and you're like, man, I can't figure this out. And, man, what do I do here? And why can't I make this happen? Well, because the problem is you were never intended to be the king of your kingdom. You were created. You were created to have a relationship with a God who's got it under control. God, he doesn't have it under control, Matt. You don't know my life. No, no, I do know your life. I live in the same world you live in. Problem is, some of us just simply refuse to submit to God's ways. Knowing God's ways and doing God's ways are completely separate issues, folks. Knowing God's ways and experiencing the world's consequences 
are, are just part of the deal when you choose not to fall under and also become obedient to God's ways. Knowing the right thing and doing the right thing, whoa, and there's the secret sauce. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Dwell on that scripture this week. Does it fit into your rhythm? Oh, Matt, you don't understand. Right there. Right there. You're right, I don't. I don't understand why you don't think God is smarter than you. I don't understand that. I don't, I don't care what your SAT score was. I don't, I don't know why you think that you know better than God. Why? In repentance and rest and quietness and trust. Rethink work. Maybe three steps real quick here. A weekly Sabbath keeps me in rhythm. A good night's rest or sleep prepares me for tomorrow. And an intentional pause keeps me focused. A weekly Sabbath. A day, a week, where you stop being you. You stop working. Each night, going to bed, asking the Lord to prepare you for what He has for you tomorrow. And then finally, an intentional pause. You know what that means? I'm not talking about taking an eight-hour Bible study break. It may be your 15-minute smoke break. It may be your lunch hour. It's those times of the day where you're about to lose your head. It may happen often during the day. I don't know your job. There are times when, man, I like to get in my Jeep and I go park in Westbrook Village parking area. There's always lots of open spots because it's not vacant. I mean, it's all vacant. And I pull under, under this specific tree and it's the best when I'm able to have the top off, not my top off, the Jeep's top off, right? <laughs> and I lay my seat back and I look up at these, this tree and I just remind myself that I ain't that good. And I remind myself that it's not my call to save the world. I remind myself that I just need to be a good steward. I just got to hit pause sometimes on the stress level of my life so that I can remain focused on what God's asked me to do. You and I are no different. And for you, it just may be clocking out on your break to go and just kind of have some solitude time. Maybe instead of sitting around with everybody else and talking about all their problems and listening to theirs and yours, get away and talk to the Lord about those things. I don't know. But we need those pauses sometimes just to refocus. Here's the third thing I want to challenge you with, with your concerning your work. Worship while you work. Well, Matt, you don't know where I work. Well, that's why I got this quote here from the rest of God book. Virtually any job, no matter how grueling or tedious, any job that is not criminal or sinful can be a gift from God, through God and to God. Right? Any job, no matter how grueling or tedious, how any job that is not criminal or sinful can be a gift from God, through God, and to God. One of our values at New City Church is worship environments. And that value is simply this, is that we don't wait for someone else to create the worship environment. Like when we sit down at the dinner table, I'm not going to wait for someone else to ask the blessing. I'm going to lead out in that, right? Like when we come to worship on Sunday morning and it's time for the music. Even if you guys don't worship, I'm going to worship. 
Even if your hands aren't raised, I'm going to raise my hands at times. Even if you don't pray, even if you're not connecting with the song, listen, the music has little to do with it to me. The voices have little to do with it to me. It's the words that we're singing, it's what we're proclaiming, and it's where I'm choosing to place my heart. I'm going to lead out in my life on areas of worship. And all of those principles also apply when I go to work. I'm going to worship at work. See, I didn't become a Christ follower as a, as a pastor. I became a Christ follower making burritos at Taco Bell. I mean, I've got real world experience in this, right? I was the manager. Jesus got a hold of my life. And my attitudes began to change about why I went to work. It wasn't just about the paycheck, and the paycheck was important, right? God had blessed me with a job. God had given me influence at my job. God had given me responsibilities at my job. I took my job as I was working for Jesus, not Mike Jones. That was my my manager at the time. That Jesus was my boss and I was going to do a good job, even if I didn't think they paid me enough. And even if they didn't give me good hours that I wanted. And even if I got passed up for that next promotion. No, 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 listen. I am going to work as I'm working to the Lord and not for these guys. It's a changing the way you think. Tomorrow, who are you going to work for? Are you going to work for Jesus or are you going to work for him, her, or even maybe yourself? Last scripture, we're going to do some baptisms. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of who? God. If your job right now is going to class, be the best student you can be. If you're up level, level management, man, manage as God has just put you, just give it to the Lord. If you have the low-level job that you hate, Oh my goodness, man, honor that position as best you can. You show God every day that he, you can, that he can trust you with the grossest, stupidest job, that if you're going to be faithful with that, that he can promote you to anything that he wants. Please, 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 do not have this attitude. Please, don't have this attitude. God, I'll work harder, I'll be fair, I'll be just, I'll have a person of integrity when you give me this. Please, don't think that. Because here's the deal, you'll never get it. Right where you are today, and how evil, grueling or terrific your job is, you, you just work as unto the Lord, and you watch, and you show God every day that He can trust you with more, and you see what He does in your life. And you be faithful there until God gives you the promotion, the dream, whatever it might be that you've been asking. Here's the last question I have for you. How will you worship at work this week? How will you worship? That's on you, Right? How will you worship at work? Great little thought this week as you go about your day. It's not just a job. It's an opportunity to honor God in all things and in all ways.